God'll get you for that one. Maud is owned by Shout Factory. God'll get you for that, Walter, is produced for entertainment purposes only. Sponsored in part by Findlay's Friendly Appliances. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of God'll Get You for That, Walter. But not this time. Not in this time. But, but it got Sam Lewis. It, he did get Sam Lewis. He did Lewis. get Sam Lewis. Sam Lewis got himself. Oh, actually, yes. Before we even begin this episode, there is a trigger warning. Yes. Unaliving slash suicide is mentioned. Yeah. Yes. So if that kind of thing bothers you, upsets you, if you feel you need to skip this episode, we understand. We understand. So with that said... Welcome to God Will Get You For That, Walter, a podcast where we discuss the 1970s hit sitcom, Maud. And today we're going over season three, episode 20, Walter's Pride, directed as always by Hal Cooper, written by Norman Lear and Elliot Shaneman, uh, with guest stars Dick Wilson as Sam Lewis, better known as Mr. Whipple. Yes. I remember the... What was that? It was for... Please Char- don't squeeze the Charmin. <laughs> It was for Charmin. Yes. Yes. And now we have bears that don't know how to wipe their own tushies. Lovely. How far we've gone. How far. How far we've gone. Uh, And this episode originally aired on February 24th, 1975. My, my. What did you think of the episode? It was was a good episode. And not um, uproariously funny. And they had some mo- some moments that were pretty funny. It definitely but... it leaned more serious. Yes, it, it definitely those, leaned into more was, serious. One of those more serious episodes. Yep. Definitely. Well, I mean, we'll obviously be getting into the into the details of the episode, but it definitely dealt with um, small businesses uh, using food as a way to cope, cope with with a significant amount of grief, mm-hmm. um, stress. Stress. It also does involve, you know, suicide and unaliving. So it's it's definitely got. It, I think a couple of the moments really came from Mrs. Naugatuck and yes, and uh, a yes. couple of like Maud's yes. zingers here and there. Can, can I just point out? I hate that term, unaliving. I I it's um, it's like you're trying. Why why do we have to be afraid of the word death? I mean, it's I mean, not that we're afraid of, of the word death. We're afraid of the word suicide because suicide can be very triggering to people that have overcome their own suicide. I mean, but it's or not attempted suicides. But the thing is, it's the it's the same thing you're referring to. It's not it's not going to make it go away. Or I mean, it's, less a, than it's the impact. As George Carlin said it best, there is a softening of American language, mm-hmm. and there will always continue to be a softening of of um, of language mm-hmm. as we continue to progress. Mm-hmm. As a people, okay. I'm not. I'm not agreeing or I'm disagreeing. I'm just saying, like that's what ends up happening. Look at the. I'll use the best example. Shell shock has now become post traumatic stress disorder. Right. Right. So it went from shell shock to PTSD. PTSD. Yes. So I I can only imagine suicide is going to eventually become the going away of one's the going away of one person. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. know. It just seems to me it's like um, I I don't know. It's 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 like you're trying to like lessen the impact, but it's it doesn't really lessen the impact. At least not in my mind. In your, I, I mean, it might not in your mind, it might not even in my mind, but it does in the minds of others and our potential listeners. Fine. 
<laughs> I have to say, since you've gotten Botox, you're going to have an arch in your eyebrow. I do! And I'm starting to actually see your facial expression. So whenever you're going to be sarcastic with me, now I'll know. <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. Yes. Did we discuss it? We did not discuss we that. Discuss we my didn't Botox. discuss your Botox. Yes. Well, the, the reason... The reason being that I got the Botox mm-hmm. was because I, I noticed, like, when I would do, you know, my drag, mm-hmm. and, like, I had these, you know, especially one crease along, yeah. along a horizontal crease along the forehead that the, the makeup just, like, sank into and it creased so bad, and, like, no, no amount of, like, powder or pore filling primer could do anything about it. And yeah, said, you, need, you need the heavy duty stuff. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try and aren't you glad you did? I am. I'm very. I'm very. I'm very happy. And also, Good. as you noticed, um, she she was able to also give me a little bit of a of a lift. eyebrow lift of a bit of an eyebrow now, lift. Now they they it's it doesn't it doesn't like automatically do that when you get the Botox. They actually no, they, have to. It's uh, a waiting period. They they actually have to inject it in a certain areas to give you that lift. Mm-hmm. And she had told me she said a lot of normally men don't want that. <laughs> of course they don't. The, you know, they but not, you, the bra- not the not the not the brow lift. lift. They don't want that. They, no. you know. But I, she asked me, you know, and I said, well, you know, I'm doing this because I do drag. I said, and yeah, I want to, I want to look as snatched as possible. <laughs> I said, of so, course you did. I said, give me all you got. Get, well, and she and, and she, she did. And she did. So I've had and two treatments did. so far. How many more do you have to go? That was that was it until it, you know it starts. Oh, to until wear it off. starts to wear off. Yeah, but um, yeah, and and as the, the the more you do it, it's sort of like it it just continues Stays to lessens mm-hmm. you know the 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 creasing. But um, we'll see how it goes. Right now, yeah. I'm very I'm very happy with it. Good as you should be. <laughs> now I can tell when you're really mad at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You have no idea. Speaking of, and anecdotally, of course, when I called you Countess, <laughs> Alexis messaged me directly after saying, Molly, you in danger, girl. And I'm like, but I love her. And I said it with love in my heart. Of course, of course you did. I would expect you. Because you do the same thing to I me. the same thing to you. I mean, uh, I taught you everything. You, you did. Know. You did. Of course, I, I didn't, can't. I didn't teach you everything. I know. Well, no. I just taught you everything. You know. You, well, let's <laughs> see. Anyway, the episode uh, opens with Maude and Mrs. Nogatuck arguing, arguing yes. about dinner. Yes. And, and Carol comes Carol. down the stairs singing. Yes. Burnt Baccarat's What the World Needs Now is the Love, Sweet Love. Now is Love, Sweet Love. Was that the Carpenters or Burnt Baccarat? It was Dionne Warwick. Oh, oh, we love her. Yes, love, we love her love very Dionne much. Warwick. Yes, she, she <sighs> called her his black pearl. I don't know if you know that. Did not. Yes. I don't even think he our re- listeners knew that. Refer- yeah, because she did a lot of uh, she did a lot of Burt Bacharach songs like that. So Do you know the he way to was her. Jose he and... was her accompanist. Uh, well, no, he he. I think like wrote just wrote the songs. I don't songs. know if he produced them too, but you know they have like a, a quite a. Um, successful working relationship. Okay, you know, and um, that was one of their one of their big hits. Was yes, of course. Love, sweet, sweet love. 
So, Carol comes downstairs singing that. She goes mm-hmm. into the kitchen, and of course, Maud and Mrs. Nuggetuck are still they're, going at it. fighting. And then Carol mm-hmm. breaks them up to, to... stop them. And then I think at that point, she does end up stopping them for two seconds. Yeah, um, uh, Maud says, hello. And <laughs> I think Mrs. Nuggetuck says, hello, docs. Uh, yeah. And then they go back to screaming go at each other. Go back to screaming. Uh, the reason they're they're fighting is because um, Mr. Findlay, Mr. Findlay wants steak and kidney pie and mashed potatoes and mashed for dinner. Potatoes. I guess he requested this from Mrs. Nolita. He did request it of Mrs. Have Nolita. you ever had steak and kidney pie? Never. Me either. And I don't particularly want to. I'm well, you know, like anything like with organ meat. I'm not. So, I'm not supposed kidneys, to eat. livers. Um, I do love liver. Really, I do, oh, I love my liver. mother loves liverwurst. I love. I love. Yeah, but I. I can't. I'm, that's like really, really bad for because I have gout. Because you have gout. It's really, really bad. I don't for doubt gout. that. So I don't doubt that. But uh, yes, love, love liver, but. It's done nothing for yeah, me. Not not supposed to. Does not supposed to eat me. it. And actually, liver is not really that good for you because the liver is actually an organ that does. It's a filtration the, system. The, yeah. So all like the things that are not good are like going in the liver. Yeah. So I think the liver and the kidneys are two two filtration systems in the human body. So yeah. The fact that we eat them. Yeah. <laughs> really, kind of boggles yeah. my mind. Yeah. Oh, but. But um, then there are people that'll eat like lamb's brains and yes. hearts and yes. all that fun stuff. But, oh, chopped chicken liver! Oh, oh my god! It's a very I love yeah. It's a very fifties and sixties thing. Chopped chicken it. liver. Chopped chicken liver. Oh, love it, love it. Not, but I can't can't eat it anymore. Not pour moi. Oh well. So, <clears throat> so more, more for you, I guess. Yes. <laughs> None for me. None for me. I can't have it. Uh, so Maud is yelling. She she doesn't want Mr. Finley to have any potatoes because he's he's gaining weight. He's gaining weight, yes. and uh, the, it just it reaches a point where Mrs. Nogatuck finally relents and says, "Yes, mine Fuhrer." <laughs> yes. And Maud goes in for a hug and says, "You know, I really ought to give you a raise." Yes, yes. And and Mrs. Nogatuck, of course, asks, "Really? When?" And what does Maud say? When hell freezes over. <laughs> And that got a that always got a chuckle out of me. Yes. <clears throat> uh, so then, I think Carol we, find, is, we come to find out that Walter has been incredibly depressed, and that he yes. only overeats when he is yes. when he's worried about money matters. Yes. And uh, um, <clears throat> he's been he's been eating. He's been like turning off all all the lights because he doesn't want to waste the electricity. Right. Um. I mean, he doesn't want to spend more money on electricity. Right, right. Uh, and he is apparently, like, gaining weight at a really rapid, yes. rapid, rapid, rapid pace. pace. Uh, and uh, uh, I think Maud compares him to... Uh, uh, the Goodyear blimp. Uh, yeah, also, uh, like, uh, a tape... Uh, said he had, like, a tapeworm. Something about him having a tapeworm. I did... There was a lot of barbs. There were a lot of, like, um, fat jokes. Yes. Yeah. There were there were a lot of, of fat jokes going mm-hmm. on in this in this yes. episode, like rent out his tushy to the Goodyear blimp, yes. or rent out his tushy to um to the uh, to, mm-hmm. to some place to play a movie mm-hmm. on it. Yes, um, <laughs> I think even Maud at one point calls him Tubby. Tubby, yes, she called him Tubby. So, she called him Tubby. There were definitely a lot of yes. a lot of uh, jokes at his his expense and yes. the expense so, of so, larger uh, people. Yeah. So so you know um, so Carol was she was asking. Maud, like what was going on with him, and that, and he comes in at that point, and that's yes. when they get into all that about, 
you know, why are all the lights the on? Lights, why are all the lights on? Because it's dark outside. Yeah, That's no excuse. Yes. Um, and he starts. He starts eating the potato chips. Starts eating the potato chips. Like, and he says, "Why is just it sho- shoveling them, shoveling in, them in by the handful?" Yes. Says Mrs. Nogatuck comes in, and Walter says, "It's so warm in yes. here." Mrs. Nogatuck, yeah. can you turn, turn the thermostat turn, down to thermostat fifty? Down to, to fifty. To 50. 60. 60. 60, I'm so sorry. So she asked if she could turn it down to 30. 32. 32. To 32. And uh, Mulder asks why. Uh, what does Mrs. Duck say? Uh, because uh, once it gets down to... Once, once, I get to raise when the race is over. The is over. Yes. Uh, then Walter's looking at the mail, and he's like, Bills, 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 and Carol tries to say hello to him, and he's like, hello, hello Bills, 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 completely Bills. and totally ignoring her. Goes right into, into the kitchen. Yep, right um, into the kitchen. And then I think, um... He's, Maud follows him into the kitchen. Yeah, because he's, he can read the, he could read the paper, and... Uh, eat f- uh, stuff his face by the light of the refrigerator. Yeah, and he's he's like he's like eating the steak, steak and kidney, kidney pie. pie, and he's like complaining that you know it's all it's bills bills. Can we you know can it ever be junk mail? And Maud says, if it was, you'd probably eat it. Yeah, and uh, and Walters he's complaining that there's not enough salt on the steak. Not enough salt pie. in the steak and kidney pie. So he gets up and brings it into the, the, the dining di- into room. the dining room, and Maud says, yeah. "Walter, that's our dinner." Because he's obviously eating it as he's, as a snack. Yeah, he's just like shoveling it in with a with a with a. Fork. Have you ever been there where you just eat to cope? What uh, is your What are your coping mechanisms? My coping mechanisms. Well, I, I, food is definitely one because I don't smoke. I don't drink. Mm-hmm. I don't. Do I don't drugs. wrap my hair. I don't wrap my hair. Um, when I was when I was single, when I was single, sex, sex was a, was a biggie. Yeah, I can believe that. It was a biggie. <laughs> no, no, don't don't chuckle because but I was I was single and you know, uh, it's yes. Sex is a good coping mechanism because it releases endorphins, it releases yeah. cortisol, it releases dopamine, all that, all the, all the happy, happy emotions. Um, I can actually remember one time <laughs> I I hooked up with this guy. We we we, we met up at um, what's that bar in Queens? Um, I almost wanted to say. Hatfields. I don't know if it was Hatfields. It was a bar in Queens. We went to we went to like a went to a motel nearby. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was like the sex was so bad. <laughs> Afterwards, I went back to the bar, picked up somebody else, <laughs> and went home with them. No. Yes. So I could sort of wipe away the bad sex. Well, with <laughs> better sex. <laughs> I. Uh, well. I can successfully say I have only had maybe one or two bad experiences like that. Because usually I, uh, if, if I, if I'm in a particularly amorous mood, I could end up with two or three guys a day if I really wanted to. You know what to. was so bad, though, about this guy? He just, like, laid there. He, he like, didn't do it. anything. Didn't yeah, do anything. and I'm like, you know, you want, you're, you're like, hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> it's like just 
not doing anything. And it's it's like, I you know. I am so sorry that you've experienced I was, that. I was like, oh. but what a great story to tell I the know. kids. <laughs> it's a great one for the grandkids. What a great one to tell the grandkids. Uh, why, when I was your when age. When I was your age. <laughs> we went to the bars. <laughs> and you can pick up a guy and take him to a cheap motel. <laughs> <sighs> you can't, you really can't do that. And we days. had to walk uphill in the snow to get there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, Grandpa Lou. Thank you, Grandpa Lou. Oh my god, we had to walk 15 miles in the snow to get dipped. And you had to make your own condoms. (laughs) (laughs) Not the own condoms. (laughs) You had to make them out of uh, Uh, lamb wool, lamb skin. skin. (laughs) Had to use real lambs. lambs. Oh my god. Anyway, back on the farm. Anywho. Coping mechanisms. Walter's coping mechanism is food. Yes, but we digress. But we digress. Um, so, Maud and Walter are now sitting So now, Walter, the Maud grips, she's like, she's like, well, I, I can, she, he, uh, two can play she can't this understand game. what he's saying, because he's eating and he's talking, she can't understand. she's like, two can play this game, she grabs a fork and starts shoving she's food into her, 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 her mouth. With the food in her mouth, right. all that fun And Walter's like, I don't understand you, and Maud's from like, you know, what, what's wrong, what's wrong, and he's, he's like, no, and then she, she, Coily picks yes. up a little bit of food on a, a fork and, and feeds him. Give me pie, and feeds him. Then he's like, "Okay." So now the whole story comes out. Everything unfolds. Friendly's, Finley's, Finley's friendly, friendly appliances, appliances is in deep trouble. He's in deep trouble. And if he's he doesn't on the verge make, of bankruptcy, if he doesn't make up the difference by, I think you said what two weeks or a week and a half by the end of next week. By the end of next week, he goes. He goes. It, it, he will go bankrupt, and and Maud wants to know how much, and he tells her twelve thousand dollars, which by today's standards isn't all that is, much. It's not a lot, but it was a lot back in nineteen seventy five. It was a lot back in nineteen seventy five. Nowadays, it's like we're like. For small businesses, you I mean, need a, a car, couple, a couple of hundred, a couple of hundred thousand. A, ca- a car is like thirty grand. Yep. So like twelve thousand is like. I mean, for me currently, I mean, I'm yeah, at financially, it, yes, twelve thousand yes. is a significant amount of money. Yes. Yes, but like, but because he's a business owner and he operates his own business, um, I would probably say twelve thousand is about like I say peanuts because most small business owners. Can range anywhere from six, possibly, possibly five to six figures, mm. but like upwards of 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, you know, and onward. Um, unless it's George Santos's business, and then it's you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're you're raking in. He created the internet, didn't oh, you? I know, I know. I can't stand that man. I hate him. I cannot stand him. Eight. But I mean, at the Eight. end of the... Okay. We're sidebarring. We're sidebarring, but we need to. We need to. In terms of George Santos, he is exactly what the GOP is looking for. He is a compulsive liar. Yeah. And they don't care that no. he is a compulsive liar. They don't care. He is just going to f- continue to forward their... Agenda. Agenda and their beliefs. 
And what their agenda and beliefs are is that the corporations and big business need to make more money. Uh, and the middle class just needs to be washed away. Basically, yeah. So the rich will continue to get richer under a GOP regime, and the poor will continue to become poor. Yeah. Um, and it really, you know, it really hurts. As especially, I remember watching on on TikTok there was a reverend, mm -hmm. an evangelical reverend that was mm -hmm. seated in front of a, a dais of uh, or a, a, a not a dais a um, a jury mm -hmm. of of uh, I think Congress people, and he basically said. We all, like most of the evangelicals that I'm associated with, we all had a sit-down, or there was a sit-down with the GOP and evangelicals, and they basically said, if you continue to push our narrative, we will pay you. Because right, evangelicals right. make a lot of money. I just saw something today, I think it was, I forget who was the top one, but it, uh, you know, but he, he was up, he, I, I don't remember what the top one was, Joel Olstein was near the top, Yeah, and it was just, you know... The guy's a multi-millionaire. Billionaire. I, billionaire. I mean, and it's it's just like... Oh, so Christian. The most Christian. So, so Christian. The I most know. Christian. I think, wasn't there that giant flood that happened in Texas and people were trying to seek refuge with Joel Austin and he did, he turned them away? Yeah. How Christ-like. I know. So Christ-like. Yes. So, yeah. <sighs> but we Jeez. get to talk about false gods later. Yes. We'll get to that in just a moment. Yes. Um, but, you know, the next bit of conversation that happens is that we find out that Walter's behind on payroll. Right. He needs to... Um, come up with this money. Come up with this money. And when he says $12,000, Maud does, oh, good Lord, and does yes. the sign of the cross. Right. And, you know, Walter asks, when did you become, become Catholic? Catholic? And Maud says, since we became paupers. Right, right. So we find out that Walt Finley's Friendly Appliances has been around for 32 years. So he started it in, if it's 75 minus 32, that puts us at like 50 or 48. I guess. My math is no good. But uh, he you said 32, so that, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, though, that he started it when he was 20. 1975 minus 32. But, you know, it's... it's 1943. Okay, that it's, does Because ninety four three. When did he go into the military? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's you know the 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 math wasn't math. The math thing. wasn't you know the math wasn't math. Thing. Wasn't yeah. But I mean, I've actually had this conversation with a number of people. Certain sitcoms during certain periods didn't have like a Bible, uh, right? So, I mean... Uh, hence the multiverse of the Golden Girls. Hence the multiverse of Where the every, Golden Girls. Every episode is, is active because every episode takes place in one of the... In a different universe. Infinite One of the universe universes of, Golden of the Golden Girls. Girls. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There was, I, think, I think after Maud we should do the Golden Girls next. There's, there's, actually, there's actually still a Golden Girls universe where, where Coco is still there. Where as, Coco as is the still cook, there as, as the, the cook. cook. Believe yeah. it or not. Yes. I could believe that. <laughs> So, so, math wasn't mathing. 32 no. years at Finley's Friendly Appliances. And, and Walter, he says he doesn't want to cry. He doesn't want more to see. Because men don't cry. cry. Men don't cry. And I think he said, in my whole life, I only saw like maybe three men cry. Right. I think that's a lot. I think that's why a lot of men don't live as long as women. Yes. I... <laughs> my family is a perfect example of that. 
No, no men in my family have ever shown emotion. The mm-hmm. only time I think I've ever seen my father cry was when we had to put our dog down. Uh-huh. And that was the only time I ever physically saw that man openly weep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've seen my mother cry. Uh-huh. I've seen uh, I've seen just about everybody in my family cry at least once. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've obviously heard me cry because I am an incredibly emotional person mm-hmm. and, and wildly sensitive. Um, but... You know, I really do feel like there is such a horrendous stigma mm. about men showing their emotions yeah. that it slowly kills yeah, them. Yeah, I think so. I think I think a lot of reason why men don't live as long as women is because, you know, they're taught to, like, hold all that in. Hold all of it in. Hold all of it in. And then that's yeah. what leads to heart attacks. Yeah, yeah. But not, not even just heart attacks. I think it's like, you know, the, the stress mm-hmm. weighs... On you internally and, and, and things like that, you know? Yep. Because, you know, women, well, they, they're they freer to express their emotions. their emotions, you know? And this, dear children, is why Tomcat is in therapy. <laughs> so, Maud says, uh, why don't you... Um, they have this conversation about small businesses. Mm-hmm. And um, Maud asks, why don't you try to get a loan? Right, right. And, you know, I was hearing, I was trying really hard to hear that conversation. The problem is, Norman Lear is so good, and Hal Cooper directed Modern Walter so perfectly in this one specific scene that they, like, zeroed in on this one topic for all of, like, ten seconds. Mm. And then it just, we were right on to the next the next joke. Mm-hmm. But it was basically mentioned that because you're a small business, you don't stand a chance, especially with the way that the country is going. I believe that right. was something that Walter had ended up yes. saying. Well, what, what, Walter, when, when Maud suggested him, you know, taking out a loan, he said that he had borrowed on everything. And um, uh, who brought up Sam Lewis at that point? Was it... Was it was I think it, it was Walter. Was it Walter? Oh, no, it was Maud. Maud brought, brought it up brought him, because brought she had up. said... Uh, no, Walter brought it up saying Sam Lewis. Right. Like the, his, his he, plumbing what was, business. What was he? The, the plumbing king? Plumbing king of Tuckahoe. Tuckahoe, right. He he just had a file for bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, and and then Maud brings, suggests, what about, you know, a, a, a government loan? A government loan. And he says that they 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 won't do it. You have to be like you know like a bank or you know a corporation, which again yeah. is not that far off from what happens today. No, banks and loan companies will always be bailed out before get, the average American they get is. bailed out by the government, and the and individuals are just you know tough luck. Yeah, that's the, this was in 1975, people. Yeah. 1975. Yeah. We're in 2023, uh, and we're still yes. dealing with this. Yes. But uh, Elliot Jane Wade. Who's that? I don't, I don't know. I don't I, remember that. I know that Walter had said it. I'm going to look it up. Look it Vamp. up. Vamp. <laughs> <laughs> so how about... Elliot Janeway. Elliot Janeway. Born Elliot Jacobstein, was an American economist, journalist, and author, widely quoted during his lifetime, whose career spanned seven decades. Uh For a time, his ideas gained some influence within the administration of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and he was an informal economic advisor to Lyndon B. Johnson, especially during Johnson's years in Congress. Mm -hmm. Though he broke with Johnson over the the economics of the Vietnam War, his eclectic approach focused on the interaction between political pressures, economic policy, and market trends.
friends. He was at times a vigorous critic of the economic policies of the presidents, from Franklin D. to Ronald Reagan. Mm. His enduring pessimism about U.S. economic prospects earned him the nickname Calamity Janeway. How about that? Hmm. Interesting. So he was evidently mm-hmm. someone to be taken note of in yes. this episode. Interesting. So Maud gets an idea. She tells Walter, she says, listen. The house is free and clear. Obviously saying that if need be, she could take out a mortgage on the house and and pay and pay Walter the $12,000. Give him the $12,000. Give him the $12,000. To, to like, um, save Finley's friendly appliances. And Walter's immediate response is no. No, Absolutely not. No. He says that, you know, he, he built Finley's Friendly Appliances. He brings up Horatio Alger. <laughs> um, about, you know, Tell them who Horatio Alger is. I don't even remember who Horatio Alger is. <laughs> who, who the hell was... Who the hell was... Who the hell was... Siri, who is Horatio Alger? Hey, uh, Siri. Who is Horatio Alger? Mom, Mom, I can't stand you. What? Speak. Hey, Siri. She's not working. Who is Horatio Alger? Here's some information. (laughs) He was... He okay. was a musician? <laughs> I guess so. Horatio Alger Jr. was an American author who wrote young adult novels about impoverished boys and their rise from humble backgrounds to lives of middle class security and comfort through good work. So um, so Walter is comparing himself to a, a character in her Horatio, Horatio Alger, Alger novel because he was a... You came from humble. He came background from humble background to you know, the height of middle class. Middle classdom. Okay, so <laughs> that was. A, thank you for coming on that journey with us, friends. So, uh, and Maud said something about. Uh, I asked for an American success story. You Not a bicentennial, a bicentennial minute. Bicentennial minute. All right. So um, at that point, and she Maud, tells him, "This isn't. This isn't charity. It's a loan." Walter does not want her to risk losing the house. Um, Which, I mean, Maud was still, at the at the time, Maud was considered a relatively successful real estate agent. Right. So she was making okay money, yeah. so she'd be able to pay down the mortgage if that's what it came down to. Correct. Correct. So Maud then suggests, okay, why don't you ask Arthur? Yes, ask Arthur. Ask Arthur for the money. Stick him before he sticks yeah, you. She said, and she says, if, if if Arthur came to you and needed money and you you'd, had it, you'd, you'd give it to you him. You wouldn't give it to him. So what's you know what's so bad about that? So at that point, it cuts cut to it cuts right to the, the club, bar. The, the, the club, the, the bar, the bar at the club. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know Walter is drinking milk. Oh, was I didn't notice what he was. He drinking. was drinking, he was drinking milk. milk. Okay, yeah, because he is because he's an alcoholic, recovering alcoholic. He's a recovering so he's not, alcoholic. He's not drinking. So, so uh, Arthur and him are engaged in conversation, where Arthur's basically saying, 
What do you need? Like, if you need yes. a right arm, I can give you a right yes. arm. If you want a pint of blood, I'll give you a pint of blood. Yes. So, how much? Because Walter's like, I need some money. I need some money. So, Walter, I mean, Arthur, <laughs> Arthur digs into that, his pocket. Yeah, he takes and out pulls his wallet. Out, yeah. Takes out his wallet. Like, how much? Like, as if he needed, like, 20 bucks or something. Of course. Right. So, then Walter says, $12,000. $12, Arthur then says, do you need a pint of blood? Yeah. <laughs> Arthur is stunned. Uh, Walter starts, you know, commiserating that now he's he's a failure. Yep. Because of what's going on with uh, the, his business. Yep. And Arthur's, you know, he's saying you, you're you're not a failure, you know. Um, but I he says, buck up and I pull yourself together. He says, but I, I don't have it to, to lend you. Yeah. It's at that point that he grabs the aforementioned Sam, Sam, Will, Will, Sam Willis. Sam Willis. Sam Lewis. Sam Lewis. <laughs> Sam Lewis. Because who, I have Whipple in my mind. <laughs> yes. Who uh, we we know, uh, Walter brought him up earlier that, you know, he was another, like, middle-class businessman yep. who just filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. And there he is, you know, coincidentally. At coincidentally at the bar. Sitting at the bar. So Arthur grabs him and he's, you know, ask, he's kind of asking Sam to sort of, like, tell Walter that, you know, basically that, you know, it's not, things aren't. So things aren't that bad. When for Sam, yeah. they are significantly yes. worse. Yeah. So Arthur says to him, he says, "You, you, you went through bankruptcy, and you, you don't sit around uh, moping around the house." And Sam's like, "Well, I can't, I can't mope around the house because I, I lost, lost the that house. too. I lost the house." He's like, "You know, I'm." He doesn't even have a pot, which was the joke yes, because he's, he's the plumbing, the king. plumbing king. Yes, he doesn't even have the plot of the pot. Oh, uh, so. So while, you know, Arthur and Walter are talking. Uh, they, they're looking that, away from They're looking from away Sam. from Sam. We notice that Sam is starting to pull something Take, out of his, uh, out of po his pocket. pocket. It's some sort of powder. I'm going to assume that it was like arsenic God, or I don't cyanide. Know. Or I guess. I don't know. I don't something know. that he can just pour into. He pours, but he pours this deadly poison into his drink. Yep. Which is like such a weird thing to see in a in a comedy show. Yeah, that was it. Was really... morbid. It was morbid. Yeah, when you I, think I, about honestly, it. when I when I first watched the episode, I'm just like, is he? Oh, that's that's what's happening. Okay, I mean, in Greek in Greek tragedies, they would usually show the death off camera. Mm -hmm. But I mean, this was like mm -hmm. you saw everything. Yeah, you saw him poison himself. You saw him like become wide-eyed and mm -hmm. like bewildered yeah and then you see him fall over yes and die and end <laughs> scene fall over die and scene yes um but I, I think they tried to make it funny yeah because well so it was just it was weird so it was weird. sam Pours the poison into his drink, right. stirs it up, right. and then Walter, instead of grabbing his drink, accidentally, accidentally grabs, grabs Sam's, Sam's drink, which has the poison, which has the poison in it, to to drink it back. And Sam's like, no, 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 that, that drink is for me. That drink is, that drink I, is my And Walter drink. says, oh, I almost drank it. You know, that stuff's poison to me. Obviously, because it's an alcohol. Because it's beverage. alcohol, yeah. So, at that point, Walter then goes on this little, like... Vignette, yes, and he's like, just for a second, I thought about offing myself. Yes, yes, and it just—it was this long, drawn-out thing. And as Walter it continued says, to draw it out, Sam Lewis just continued to die, right? Basically, yeah, basically in front of everyone's in eyes. front of everyone's eyes. And yeah. then you know, Sam passes out. 
Walter is completely and totally shocked and bewildered. Yeah. And he starts inhaling the, the bar nuts. Yes. Yes. So at that point, we cut to... We break. We and, break for commercial, and then when we come back... Yes. Uh, uh, Mrs. Nogatuck is in the living room with Maud, yes? Yes. Yes. Um, and what... I think Maud was saying, has, has Tucker Harmon arrived? I don't... I, I heard something about Tucker Harmon, unless I misheard something. You was, may have misheard something. Or was she asking if it was, or was it Arthur? Maybe I misheard her. Probably Arthur. Yes. Um, and there's, because they're supposed to have a chicken for dinner, right? Yes. But Walter's already eating the chicken. Yes? Yes. No? Chicken for dinner. Yes. Modern, modern Mrs. Nogatuck are having the conversation about chicken for dinner. And, uh, you know, Mrs. Nogatuck already said, oh, Mr. Finley had already gotten his hands on the chicken right, for dinner. Right, 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 And, um, Mrs. Mrs. Finley. Maud. <laughs> she is Mrs. Finley. Maud asks how much of the chicken is left. Right, right. And Mrs. Nogatuck quips, only the place where the egg comes out yeah. of. <laughs> yes. So um, she's Mrs. Nogatuck then says, I have three hundred dollars tucked in my stockings. She has three hundred dollars, she wants to help, it's tucked in her stocking. And uh, you and know, she goes to sit on the couch and lifts up the, her skirt to, to like take the money out of the stocking. And Maud says, Don't raise your skirts. Yes. If Mr. Finley sees your leg, he's liable to buy it. it. Yes. Because he's been eating everything. He's been eating everything. Walter Farm. then comes out of in a the fat kitchen. Suit. Yes, his gut is he huge. Has, he has a fat his suit. His gut on. is huge, and he's eating like a, was it like a chicken leg? Or I think a chicken leg or something. Yes. Like that. And uh, he's asking, uh, he's asking Maud. He was like, uh, When is Mrs. Nogatuck going to be able to let out my pants? Let out my pants. <laughs> Maud is like, she's letting them out as fast as she can. She's and um, she says he's got a uh, fat, fat lag. <laughs> <laughs> and Walter's just like he's basically just given up he's given up point. he says I'm on the verge of bankruptcy I need a miracle Maud and you haven't been a Catholic long enough right so he's he's just going upstairs he says just call me when dinner is ready yep so at that point Walter comes in Arthur comes in Arthur comes in I'm sorry Arthur every comes time in. why do, why do we I want I to know, know why we confuse the two of them I don't know because they both end in R I guess so that's Walter that's Arthur, my reasoning and I'm sticking to I'm it sticking to it because they both end in R they both end in R so Arthur comes in and uh, Maud tells race is over to him yes yes um, also I was kind of loving Maud's outfits. Mm-hmm. Like she was wearing this sort of black turtleneck and black pants, mm-hmm. and she was just wearing very colorful vests and sw- and, and mm-hmm. uh, shirts over herself. Yeah, very, very mod. That, yes, very mod. Uh, so Maud tells Arthur that you know she 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 has the money. She mortgaged the house. She put a mortgage on the house. She raised the money to twelve thousand dollars. She has like a a well. Wait, even before that, before that, Arthur was saying how he was talking to all of his doctor friends. Oh yes, all of their money was locked up in medical buildings. Right, which yeah, very typical. Yeah, yeah. So Arthur couldn't get any help from any of those people. Exactly. But Maud is, you know, she mortgaged the house. She has a check. So she tell, she tells Arthur she just needs him to tell Walter that uh, he raised the money. He just has to deposit, the, take the check, deposit it, and then write and then write a, a check, check for to Walter. to Walter, which very 
you have to have a lot of trust in somebody, I guess, to do that. Twelve thousand dollars. That's yeah. not a that's not a small amount of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and I think one of the things that Maud had said was, I can't tell him that I mortgaged the house. The last time I did, right. he goes off and he threatened me with a leg of land. <laughs> so we, this, uh, again, we have to take into consideration the name of the episode is Walter's Pride. Mm. And there is a significant amount of issues that I take with toxic masculinity mm. and male pride mm. and the idea that a man needs to be x y and z in order to be a, a man, man. Yeah. and there are only there are so many things that x y and z need to happen for a woman to be a woman why yeah i, I, I that, that is a question that i really want to know why i don't know um because it really like you know it's 2023 women are capable of more than just Men are capable of more than just. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why there needs to be these 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 gender norms that have done absolutely nothing for society. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know why. So yeah. it's just like if I was if I was in Walter's position, the first thing I would say is, "Are you okay doing this? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're okay doing this, then let's move forward with it." Mm-hmm. And just have that open, honest conversation as a married couple. Mm-hmm. Speaking about like these these gender norms, it's funny because like when, a lot of times when I do like a TikTok on my TikTok channel, which is just so bustling with activity right now. Go ahead, check out Tony Homper on TikTok. <laughs> uh, but a lot of times, you know, and we did the one, we did the one live. Yes, together. we did the one live together, and um, I saw a couple of those comments where it was just like, like, are just, are just, it's just ridiculous. Uh, oh, men shouldn't wear dresses. You ever see the gladiators? You ever, I mean, uh, have you seen the Pope? Right. Do you, or have you seen the Cardinals? Yeah. Have you seen anybody in the pulpit? Right. Those are the ones you should be. Fo- Those are the men in dresses you should be focusing on. What, what does, do you remember seeing Jesus in a three-piece suit? Nope. I, I don't. I don't recall seeing Jesus in a three-piece. I suit. I haven't seen white Jesus in a three-piece suit, and I haven't seen black Jesus in a three-piece suit. Right. Um, oh, mention wear makeup. Really? Who? Um, where did the, the trend of wearing makeup started? Men, not women. Men. I would also like to point out, and I've said this a number of times, I've even said this on the live, if you're an actor, if you are on stage, you're wearing makeup. Yeah. If you are a performer that goes out onto a stage with stage lighting, you have to wear makeup. Mm -hmm. If you are in a production, you wear makeup. So it doesn't matter whether your makeup is feminizing your face or making your face look more masculine. You have to wear makeup. I mean, you look at somebody like um, who's a typical Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Hugh Jackman, or even look look at The Rock, probably one of the biggest action movie stars to, out today. Still has to wear makeup. He's before he starts to film, he's sitting in a makeup artist chair and he's getting his face painted. He's getting his face painted. He's getting his face painted. Mm -hmm. Okay? Nobody on any movie is like, you know, getting in front of the camera. Except the only person who I could think of would be John Wayne. No. I think John Wayne is the only man who probably would never have worn makeup. Oh, he did. He certainly did. They all did. Okay. Then he did. did. Then he did. They all did. Don't, don't, um, and, you know, 
I remember seeing like there's like glamour photos of, of John Wayne. True, albeit he's in like you know cowboy gear or war I mean glamour gear photos of John Wayne, that. glamour photos but of Marlon Brando. There were still glamour photos. They were like you know lighting was set up and they're supposed to look like a certain way and and all this. But it was it was it was all same amount of work, time, energy that went into like a Vogue shoot. Went into, those, went into those went into those went those shoots. Into those shoots. Yeah. And it's it's like it's it's like the same process. Yep. It's the same process. Yep. <sighs> so So yeah. Yes. So who comes up with these gender stereotype norms? I, I Tradition. I that's tradition. You know, forgive the fiddler reference, but traditional norms are leaned into they sort of bleed together sometimes in certain areas. Um I saw something, somebody the definition of tradition. Tradition is the uh, I know what you're gonna say because I've seen it too. It, it, Something about remembering the dead. Yeah, yeah. Like traditions following, are following the beliefs of following of, the beliefs of, of dead of people. Dead, of dead people. Following the beliefs right? of dead and, people. And that's, no, that's that you're that's, not wrong. And that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yes. That is what the beliefs what it is. of dead people. So, See, I'm so all there. I'm all for like making things tradition. Like I'm all for like decorating at Christmas. I'm all yeah. for, my mother bought ribbon candy. Mm-hmm. My mother never buys ribbon candy, but the reason she bought ribbon candy was because my grandmother okay. always ate ribbon candy for Christmas. Right. So she bought a box of it. It's still sitting oh, on Lord. it's still sitting just collecting dust at this Next point. to the fruitcake. Next to the fruitcake. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I understand why my mother did it though. Of I, course. I, I, I I will always understand why my family does the traditional things things that they do mm-hmm. for me it's like progress don't sit and wallow and worry what? just life goes on exactly the sun life will rise on. and the moon will set that's a fun song i'd like to perform all right so arthur does not mm. want to he doesn't want to give walter Maud's money. He no. just doesn't want to be involved with it. He can't Maud tell is, a lie. Yeah, Maud is begging him. He's. I can't make up a story. He can't make up a story. He's like, says, you're a doctor. You do it all the time. Doctor, you do it all the time. Which, truth. Is not wrong. Truth. So, so Walter, Walter starts, starts waddling, waddling down, down like, a, like a pregnant woman. And Arthur like, says, if you were a woman, I'd start boiling the water and right. timing the pains. Right. And, and Maud tells... Uh, well, she actually had called up to Arthur, to, to, to Walter. Walter. See? I, I know, I do it, it too. It happens all the time. Walter called up to, to Walter to say, Arthur has news. Come down, come down. Yes. And that's when he waddled down. Arthur compared him to a pregnant woman. Yep. And then at that point, Walter plops himself on the couch. And uh, th- they have this moment where, where Arthur is fumbling mm. For reasons to say how he got the money, mm-hmm. and he's saying, "Oh, well, you know, the medical field isn't isn't doing as great. It to be. It's, it's not what it used to be. It's not doing as great as it used to be." But mm-hmm. but but but, and then like he's just, again, and Maud, fumbling. And Maud is is like, tell, "Tell him about your tell him about your yeah, aunt. aunt." Yes, and he's, he's like, My "Aunt? Well, she got a nose job and a hysterectomy." Yes, and then Maud is like, "No, you're your rich aunt." aunt. And so that's when um, Arthur cobbles together this story that, um, or no, Maud, I think, gives him the whole thing saying, you know, 
She paid you back the the money you she owed, owed you. She owed you. Yep. And so um, that's what Arthur says. Yeah, she paid me back the money I owed her, and now I can give you the twelve thousand dollars. Right. I can write you a check for twelve thousand dollars. So at and that point, Walter is. is Overcome with joy. Yes. Can't get himself... He's trying out. to get off the couch when uh, well, he can't. Actually, I forgot to mention, while um, Arthur was now saying uh, how he was able to give the money, give oh, give Walter the $12,000, Vivian comes in, and Maud races over to Vivian and says, isn't that marvelous, Walter? And then closes Vivian's mouth with her hand. Yes, yes, yes. Because obviously Maud does not want Vivian to, to spill, spill the, the beans. beans. Yes, or maybe she didn't know anything about yeah, maybe it. Maybe she didn't know anything and, about it. And, she, and, and Maud yeah. wanted Walter and Arthur to have their moment. Yes, and uh, Walter is—he's thanking Arthur. He's saying he saved his 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 saved life. My life. Um, um, I am reading my handwriting. Uh, yeah, I know. and I don't know what I wrote. Yes. Um. I do know that. Oh, he, that's what he says. Uh, Arthur says, life's, a, life's, life's my game. Life's my game. Life's yes. my game. So uh, Vivian is now like, oh my God, Arthur, you're, you're, so, you're a God. You're, you're so, an honest to God. God, so you're so good. good. You're so perfect. Uh, and she is worshiping his body. Yeah. Which was a little uncomfortable. It was weird. Just a little uncomfortable. She was, she was kissing him so much for like, you She know, was turned on. So like, much. I don't know what Hal Cooper was saying, but I think Rue was just like, I'm... <laughs> I'm going to make love to him without making love to him. So so much for her recent empowerment. Right? right? So much recent empowerment. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, so, you know, th- doesn't she also bring up at one point, uh, Vivian brings up about how, like, uh, she she thought, you know, Arthur was uh, was struggling yes. with money. And, um, yes. Because uh, I also have it written down, Vivian stopped gnawing. So yes, Vivian was, I guess, biting at Maud's hand to mm-hmm. break away to go be with Arthur. Um, and uh, Walter is—he's—he's he's telling Arthur that he's a saint, and Arthur's like, "Yo, with that, I'm not not even close." Vivian still continues to kiss and still continue. Uh, you're on it. God. You're I think God, Walter like hugs. Arthur. Walter hugs Arthur. At, that, at some point. And I think Walter says he, I, I can't, I don't know, how, something to the effect, something that triggered Maud to say he can do anything he wants, Walter. He's a god. Yes, yes. Um, and while while Walter is hugging Arthur, Arthur finally, he can't he take breaks. it anymore. He breaks like, and he says, it's not money. even my money. Yes. And, you know, the audience gasps and, like, groans <laughs> and Maud groans. <laughs> Sorry, Maudie, I'm a false god. I cannot be a false god. <laughs> yes, I cannot be a false god. And Walter's like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? How did you come up with the money? And mm. Maud then says, would you believe if he won the Reader's Digest sweet sweepstakes? <laughs> uh, uh. And Arthur, you know, he, 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 um, I think he gives the check back to, to Maud. He gives the check back to Maud and, and they go to leave he, because he obviously tells, dinner is not happening anymore. Right, right. Um, and, and Arthur, you know, tells Walter, you know, if he had it, he would have, he would have loaned it to him. Yep. And Vivian's like, Arthur, you're, you're not a god. You're not a god. Just that mean you're not a god? So, you um, know. It's like, yeah. They were, like, oh, there were some episodes where they really leaned into Vivian's airheadedness. Yeah, too much. Compared to, you know, the first episode we're introduced to her. I know. Wait right? until you get to feminine fulfillment. It's going, yeah, to, it's yeah, going yeah. to hurt you. It's uh, going to hurt. I can feel the pain already. So, um, um, Arthur, Walter asks... 
how Maud got the twelve thousand dollars mm-hmm. because Maud then finally comes out and says, "Here's the money I was going." Maud comes clean, mm-hmm. so Walter is starting to get perturbed and asks, mm-hmm. "Where did you get the money?" Mm-hmm. And Maud quips, "Mrs. Nogatuck and I earned it working both, both sides, sides of, of the, the street. street." Yes. So yes. Walter is now incensed, right? Uh, telling her, don't honey me, right, right. I'm going to go into the kitchen and make a sandwich this yes. big, obviously. And, and, if, and after she made a remark about both sides of the street, she told him she mortgaged she the mortgaged house. She mortgaged the house. And that's when he, like, really, he really flips out. Yep. He's really mad, and that's when he, uh, uh, well, and well, he's heading towards the kitchen, doesn't she, she like, ask him, you know, what are, what are you doing? And he says, I'm going to make a sandwich this big, and yep. he's holding his, his arms out. Yeah. So he goes into the kitchen, the kitchen and, and Maud he's, follows. He's trying to make a sandwich, and, yep. and Maud tells him, she's, she's like, you know, um, go ahead, solve solve your problem like like Sam, Sam Lewis, Lewis did. Um, and you know, he she's, who cares that you've already had one heart attack? Yes. And she says, you forgot the mozzarella. And she grabs, yes. she the, grabs mozzarella the She grabs the mozzarella out of, out of the refrigerator, and she tells him it's a great artery artery clogger. Um. And uh, she also says that while you're killing yourself, you're yes. also killing me. Yeah. I mean, obviously, and she also brings up. She said, "You know, you know, um, you know, yeah." I'm sure how uh, Mrs. Mrs. Lewis, Lewis and, and, and her, her kids are. I'm sure they're just laughing hysterically. Yep, because you know, Mr. Lewis is he's dead. He's deceased. And yes. you know, our, again, Walter goes, "Don't give me a lecture, Maud." Right, 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 right. So she finally says, while you're also killing yourself, you're also killing me. You're also killing me. And, you know, they they have this moment where, you know, it's very true. If a wife is able to help the husband, Mm -hmm. why shouldn't the husband allow the woman to help? Yeah, Why shouldn't the man allow the wife to assist? You know, she says, you know, you want the pleasure of helping me, but you won't allow me to have the pleasure of of helping helping you. you. Right, right. So they they have this very honestly it's a very touching moment between the two of them mm-hmm. but it's only it's only further proving mm-hmm. how backwards Walter's thinking is. Yeah. Um so I think while while Walter is uh making his sandwich Maud tells him don't forget the dessert. Right. And she grabs <laughs> apparently there's a pie there in the kitchen. There's a pie there. And I think at that point she says um uh, you know, if you won't give me the privilege of helping you, having sharing the days and the nights, mm-hmm. so, something to that effect of sharing the days and nights and sharing the bedroom or sharing the um, something about sharing space and sharing the days and nights. Yes, and yes. It, I think she tells him she's, he's being selfish because incredibly selfish. Yeah, um, you know, he wants to share the things he want. He's willing to share with with. Her, he's not willing to let her share with, with him, him. Is basically what what it what it what it means. And it's almost like towards the end of the argument that Maud threatens divorce. Yes, like because yes. that's when Walter asks, "What are you going to do, Maud? Leave, leave me?" me. Yeah. So she says, "You seem determined to leave it's, me." You're, you're right. It's like you're the one who's. She's basically, like, you're the one who's leaving. Exactly. Um. So. so I think Walter had Walter like, picks up the giant hero right and, and walks walks into the, the into walks, the kitchen walks into walks into the living room walks into the living room mm-hmm. and he just has this really mean mug on his face yes. and Maud goes to um 
we we assume Maud is going to follow, follow him. Follow him. Yes, because she's heading towards the, she's he- heading towards the door. Instead, Walter turns back, opens the door, and Maud ends up with, with pie, pie on her face. face. Remind me of uh, I Love Lucy mm-hmm. when she was doing the uh, the slowly I turn. Yep, the slowly <laughs> I turn bit with, <laughs> with Harpo. <laughs> Not Harpo. Who was the vaudeville oh, actor that remember. was in that episode? I don't remember, but. Um, but it yeah. was very that. It was yeah. very Laurel and Hardy. It was very slapstick. Yeah. Which I was like, okay, this is how we're ending the episode. We're ending the episode with slapstick. Gotcha. Yeah. And when, when she, he, he's holding the pie and, he, and she, she says, let me have it. And, like, and let her have it. If you watch that episode, mm-hmm. when he does that and he, he like puts the pie in her face, you can hear Desi Arnaz laughing. Up. Oh, above everyone in the audience. You hear that, oh, 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 There are times, actually, when I'm watching Maud, and I'll sometimes hear Desi's laugh. Really? And I'm like, was there... Because I know that there were some sitcoms that used the I Love Lucy laugh track. Oh. I know that there were some some episodes of Golden Girls that used the, the I Love Lucy laugh oh, track. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. You can Google that. You can say, uh-huh. like, you can look up sitcoms that have used the I Love Lucy laugh uh-huh. track. Uh-huh. And there are, unmistakable, that Desi Arnaz laugh is unmistakable. Wow. And there are times when I'm hearing it and I'm like, oh, there was a laugh track used in this episode. I wow. understand. That makes sense. That's something. So, That's I always, something. I'm always tickled by that. It tickles me. So, yeah, so Maud has pie on her face. Yep. And she says, and you see, see what you've turned, turned us into? Laurel and Hardy. Except you're not only the dumb one, you're, you're also, also the, the fat, fat one. one. Yes. And she says, and the joke, Walter, is our, our marriage. And, and I think at that point, like, Walter finally has his coming to God yeah, moment. Yeah, and he says, it's, 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 it's not a joke. It means, it means more than anything. And he says, he'll, he'll take the ridiculous check. And yep. He's, they're, they're hugging. Hugging and, and kissing. kissing. <laughs> and Maud says, Walter, stop, stop licking me. <laughs> Because he wants the the pie on her face. Even, even though he's willing to take the money and all that, he's he's still hungry. He's still hungry. He hasn't gotten over, you know, wanting all this food. Food. But Although yeah. now I, I have a craving for lemon meringue pie. <laughs> I always see. I like lemon meringue pie. I also like the uh, chocolate cream pies from Briar Mears, but they're also so expensive. I I, I any. You know, chocolate and cream, how can you go wrong? You can't. You, can't. <laughs> you really can't. You can't. Also, that, also, key lime pie is good, too. Oh, key, key lime, lime pie. pie. I like key lime pie um, whipped yogurts. Those are always very tasty. Oh, yeah. I always the enjoy play those. Ones? The Yoplait ones. Those yes. are always good to me. Yes. I They're always, always good those. to me, too. Yeah. <laughs> we like desserts. We do. We have sweet too much. Tea. Just a little too much. Little too As a matter much. of fact, last night I had half an apple fritter with like a scoop of ice cream. <gasps> and I was like, that's, that's happiness right there. It was disgustingly sweet, but I didn't care. I was enjoying get, myself. Get out of my house. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you come in here and tell me that you had a half an apple fritter and vanilla ice cream? I did. I did. In front of well, my face. Well, the problem is my the audacity. Because my mother babysits, the baby will sometimes uh, ask, "I want donuts." Uh-huh. So my parents will go out and uh-huh. buy. Uh, I don't. It's the bakery that has the two animated, the illustrated bakers on it. And they sell like really huge donuts. It's, it's a regular bakery. It's a regular here? bakery in Bohemia. In Bohemia. In oh, Bohemia. I, don't know. I have to. From my own 
<laughs> well-being. I, I try to avoid <laughs> bakeries. Tony. But they will always get, my mother uh-huh. will get like these peanut butter and jelly donuts, mm-hmm. Boston cream, apple fritters, crullers, all that she is stuff. a cruel woman. She is a dreadful woman cruel. when it comes to sweets. I'm just cruel. like, I'm trying to lose weight. I have I have drag to fit into. Why are you doing you this to me? bring this into my home. So. The, the cruelty. <laughs> but then, of course, my mother will be like, oh, I bought you the peanut butter and jelly ones because I knew you'd appreciate it. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I, there's no arguing with that. Absolutely no, no arguing with that. There isn't. There, how could there be? There's none. There's there just is, none. There is none. No. I'm so. sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, as a matter of fact, yesterday uh, I bought my mother because she crochets. She crochets and she knits. Mm. Um, and I bought her this giant, um, uh, rolling cart situation Mm -hmm. that um, she could use to put her yarn in, she could put her crochet hook, she could put her like package, her whatever she uses for Mm -hmm. for crocheting. And do you know that the woman turns to me and goes, you know, if you wanted to, you could also use this for for your shows. And I'm like, Mom, I bought this for you. For your drag, you you mean? She was like, you could use it for drag. And okay. I was like, well, you could. I have so much already. I have, I carry so many bags with me. I don't need to put... It's, oh, can you can't take use that to, to lug your stuff to the gig. Exactly. Oh. And I'm like, no, I don't do that. I get yeah. ready at somebody's place. Whatever is on me is what's on me. I, yeah. I do have some rolling cases, though, because, you know, there have been... Sometimes you need a rolling I, case. Yeah, sometimes, you know, some of my, my big shows, I've, I've done like three and four costume Three changes, or four costume changes that you, changes. Need, uh, that you need a, a and, suitcase you know, for. I, you know... But again, if I'm doing that, it's got to be someplace where I have the room. Like when we do our the the chorus cabaret, the chorus cabaret in April. In April, definitely we'll we have plenty of room. We have plenty of room for change downstairs for that. So um, when you yeah. have the room, it, when you have the room, it's it, it helps. Oh yeah, it's when you fine. have the room, it's definitely convenient. You don't mind. You don't mind. I mean, it's kind of a chore to lug the stuff, but but it was just one of those things where I'm like, I bought it for you. Why are you now mm. giving it to me? Right. And it took all of my power. Not to make this really grim joke, but I wanted to say to her, I'm like, don't worry about it. In another 20 years, I'm sure I'll get it back. <laughs> but I didn't want to say that because I don't like jinxing things. I don't like jinxing things like that. Don't be cruel. <sighs> Me? Cruel? I'm only cruel to you. It's true. <coughs> Where can they find you on social media, Ma? Everywhere. Tony Homeperm. And that's Facebook, Instagram, and of course, YouTube and TikTok. Those are the two most important ones. Yes. YouTube because she has the most... Fo- you still have 7.1 thousand followers on Facebook. on Facebook. I didn't even know. Surprise! <laughs> I saw that and I was like, why am I putting that you only have 5,000 on... T-? No, you have at least... You have almost 20,000 followers I know. across all forms of social media. I know. Who'd have thunk? I did. Who'd have thunk? I knew these things. It's because you're old, you're short, and you're... Sophia. People love me. I guess so. They just, they just adore me. The tall one isn't so crazy about you. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys can find me at that Tomcat in all forms of social media. You can go to thattomcat.com if you want to just get all the fun stuff there and my contact info. And, and they should stuff. check out your... Uh... YouTube for your, your voiceovers. Yes, I've been doing a lot more on YouTube with my with voiceover, but I've been posting it literally everywhere True. On, on TikTok and Instagram. True. As a matter of fact, YouTube 
YouTube blocked. Oh yes, they blocked my, the, my the Evil Disney Queen one. video. Yes, they, they blocked, blocked the Evil Queen video. But on Instagram and TikTok, the it's, video has been fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's been fine. I know. Weird. So wild. It's very weird. So I'm not jinxing it. The video has I been know. very successful. I personally think it is one of my favorites that I've done. I mean, I obviously love doing Dorothy because it's just. So fucking easy for me. My, my favorite is still the Joan Crawford. The Joan Crawford one? It's so good, too. <laughs> I, I listen to that one, and I'm like, I did that. You don't know what hard feelings are. <laughs> you don't know what hard feelings are until I come out publicly against your product, and you'll see how much you sell. It was a good scene. Like, that was a great, I love that. I love that great scene. scene. I love that it's scene. It's a great scene. <laughs> I was looking at the... Um, the Barbara Please one, mm-hmm. it that is a difficult scene. Yeah. Because that requires like a lot of screaming over things, and yeah. I would just need to figure out how to manipulate the audio. Yeah. But if you would like to follow us and you would like to continue to follow the show, you can at Finley's Friendly Appliances on Instagram, mm-hmm. and God will get you for that, Walter, on Facebook and YouTube. Right. And we'll see you again for another episode of, you'll hear us again on another episode of, God will get you for that, Walter. Bye, guys. Good night.